me some peanuts and Cracker Jack. I don't care if I never get back. Hello and welcome to Sports Nuts episode number nine. It's been a little while since I've did one. I apologize for that. Uh, to be honest, been a little lazy, been busy. So uh, we're going to get right into it here. But good news is I have a co-host and I'm happy about that because I, sometimes I do need somebody to kick me in the butt to get me going. You're going to know who this is. I got the one, the only, Mr. That's with a capital M, Bruce. Patterson, how are you doing today, Bruce? I'm doing okay, Tracy. As again, and again, I'm not worthy of the, the extra the extra M here. So, but I'm really completely excited to be doing this. Uh, um, I was actually going to reach out to you a little bit earlier uh, back uh, in November, but you know things got kind of caught up, and you know you were talking hockey, and I thought this is a good time to talk hockey too. But we've got a lot to go over today. Exactly. And uh, speaking of that, we aren't just going to make this a hockey podcast, trust me. But uh, if anybody out there is a big soccer person wants to join us, even on a part-time basis, join us because I know nothing about soccer. Very, very, very little. Yellow card, black card means something, but who knows. But hey, if if Bruce sounded familiar, he also does Distro Watch weekly podcast. If you don't know what that is, go check out DistroWatch. It's uh, if you're a Linux fan, you will love that cast. All right. Any last thing before we start the show? Nope. Fire away. Okay, let's get into this. Uh, our format is going to change. Uh, it's going to be nice to have some banter back and forth, but we're uh, going to do some news and we're going to get into the topic or topics of the day and we'll go from there. So we're going to get right into the news. First is, believe it or not, one of the top choices for wide receivers in the NFL, talking to some free uh, free agent wide receivers and talking to other people, is the Philadelphia Eagles. And why? It's because Carson Wentz. Uh, it's kind of nice in a young quarterback getting that. They say he's intelligent, he's nice, he knows what to say and how to say it to all these people. So it's, it's kind of refreshing. Now, full disclosure here. He's from Bismarck. I'm from Bismarck. He went to NDSU. I went to NDSU. Full disclosure. So I'm hoping I'm not hyping him up too much, but uh, it's kind of nice uh, seeing a small town kid uh, get this much praise and everything. Uh, I think I'd be saying this no matter what about some young quarterback and golf better pick his game up before he becomes that bust pick and everything like that. Well, I think a couple of things. Uh, I'm wondering if it's just simply a PR stunt by Philadelphia to get people to uh, uh, come on board because I'm actually looking at uh, some of their stats from last year. They had a couple of players who broke 800 yards receiving, but you know that doesn't necess- that doesn't really scream uh, you know franchise player at all. In fact, uh, the best uh, receiver at this point was uh, Doriel Green Beckham, and again he was getting only 10.9 yards a catch. And then their top receiver was Zach Ertz and same thing 10.5 so they could definitely go for some improvement there yeah that and some line help Minnesota Vikings I think one of the top two teams that really really need offensive line uh the Philadelphia and although I think they're a little ahead of Minnesota and the Vikings uh just offensive line just boy beat up injured hurt let people go. Yeah. So I think when that'll help out a little bit there. And I think they are a run leads to a pass team instead of a pass leads to a run. So, but yeah, you're right. They, uh, they do need some help there. Uh, I don't know if they have a true number one, but they got a couple of number twos that seem to fill the role. 
Yeah, and like you said, I mean, Wentz, uh, he put up some really good numbers last year. And, I mean, he almost threw for 4,000 yards, which is not small potatoes in the NFL. And, you know, um, when we're looking at some of the quarterbacks that are entering uh, their first year, uh, very few are able to make the kind of impact that uh, Wentz did with Philadelphia. So uh, it'll be interesting to see the future of Philly. I think it'll also ride on whoever uh, ultimately ends up coaching because, I mean, this is uh, – um, they, they're still running with a new coach right now. Yes, they are. So keep an eye on uh, Wentz and see if they do get any receivers. I don't think they're going to get a top line. I don't think they want to spend the top money like a Jeffries or something like that. But I do believe uh, they're going to sign a couple receivers out there. So, okay, the next topic we're going to jump right into news article. The big one of today is the Vikings decline the option to pick up Adrian Peterson on the contract. Uh that's big news. Uh, everybody, what's not a surprise, uh, it, just because he was owed so much money. And uh, going to talk later about this, but I do believe the top team where he's going to go to is Minnesota. I do believe that uh, he, he's going to sign, just because I don't think another team wants to pay Peterson what the Vikings would pay Peterson. Uh, I don't think teams really want to pay seven to nine million dollars for you know and let's face it an old running back well and the nfl is a pretty unforgiving league too because you'll remember some of the other players which unfortunately were also either um suspended or had had run into some other issues i mean oddly enough door and i were talking about ray rice uh and again after he spent some time out of the uh out of the league you know i'll tell you it's uh, it's really hard to get back and running and i think running backs actually decline much more rapidly than any other position player from what i've seen especially in the last two years yes it's uh it's a hard position. It used to be the place where it was the big money place. It was the big and most NFL teams are getting away from that. Here's our stud running back and they're going to almost two. Very few one. Minnesota's one with Adrian Peterson. Cowboys are another one that have, you know, a single running back. Uh, then it starts to thin out. The Chiefs were going to be, uh, you know, but uh, their running back was hurt. All of last year seems like, but uh, very few teams have the big dominant number one and then a number two. They're kind of going one A, one B, and usually it's like a, a pound guy and a fast guy. Uh, how they're kind of going the old thunder lightning thing, yeah, we used to hear about like that. So, yeah, I really don't think a team's going to want to pay seventy nine million dollars because what other team can really pay seventy nine million dollars? The Vikings, uh, just because the salary cap nowadays. Well, when we're talking about declining positions, too, uh, we look at cornerback, and apparently the Jets have just informed Daryl Rivas he is not wanted on his own island. We have to get a breaking sound uh, for uh, our podcast where we can drop in dun-dun-dun-dun-dun or something. You know, uh, I don't know if you ever listened to uh, the Dan Patrick show. They kind of have a breaking news story. They It's stolen from the news that, you know, maybe we should get it from them, too. But, yeah, just announced, and then uh, – there's also just uh, uh, another announcement since we're getting that is trade in the NHL is Adoya is going from the Stars. He's going back home to the Blackhawks. So, yeah, and the Stars are getting a young guy and a draft pick. So you can tell the Stars are really trying to dump some money because they got a lot of young defensive men they would like to bring up. 
So I think they're trading hot and heavy and where the stars are at. I think that is a good thing. Uh, well, I'm kind of curious about where the stars at right now, because uh, from your standpoint, uh, does it look like they, they could make a realistic run for the, for the playoffs? Uh, no, no. If, if they do, it would be totally unexpected um on there uh there's uh, a little gap between them this year for whatever reason it is stuff isn't clicking at all i really think uh this will be the last year for the coach uh, i think after this year uh he's going to be gone and they'll get somebody in another person in i really do for some reason the last three years although they've been competitive they've just haven't gelled uh, last year when they made the playoffs, just their sheer talent on offense got them in. Uh, this year they really on, started push stuff on defense, and, and their defense looks a lot better. And watching the games, um, they uh, are, are really some young defense. You can tell they're trying to get some of these young defense up to get some more experience. So I think they're going to start playing young, 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 young. Uh, and are you familiar with uh, the term uh, your girlfriend team? besides your favorite team? Yes, I am. All right. So actually, my girlfriend, if people that don't know, I guess I should explain to everybody. You got your team. Mine's the Dallas Stars, and Bruce is Boston. So, And then you have a girlfriend team. You pick another team uh, besides your team, and you try to do it outside your league. So I always try to do it in the East, and he's probably going to try to do a team in the West. So I picked uh, the Ottawa Senators this year, and what I do is I try to watch as many games of the Ottawa Senators as I can when the Stars aren't playing, just to know a lot more players than I am. And watching that, seeing the difference between the East and the West, uh, the as far as talent goes, I really think West has more talent, but the East plays better team hockey uh better uh offenses i think a uh, toss back and forth but you can really see the team defense in the east better than the west and that's i think really what the stars are trying to do and i don't think rough can really get them there that's what i'm thinking they're gonna drop and that's why i don't think they're gonna make a run at all yeah that's really unfortunate uh i think if for a couple of things they might consider too is that i think if you are right and that they are uh, uh, probably going to uh, call it a day with Ruff. Ultimately, I know that uh, Gerard Gallant is definitely available, and if they ended up signing him as their coach, uh, I could see them getting competitive pretty quickly. Yeah, he's a player coach. Two players love him, and they love to hate him, and they love to hate him in a good way, which which you like to see. Uh, it's nothing against Ruff. Nothing. He's a good coach. He's really. I. I. I would love to see Ruff stay on as, but he never will, as uh, an assistant training or teaching coach. He is such a good at telling the players what they need to know to better their game, and I, I think as a coach, coach sometimes leaves a little bit to desire. Sometimes when he does the switching, you're like, what are you doing? You know, uh, but he, he really knows how to teach it because you can talk to Tyler Seguin. Seguin he, he says what Ruff taught him the first month with him, you know, almost doubled his game. So he's a great instructor, but coach, eh, you know, maybe needs a little more to be desired. But I know the Buffalo people 
you know, might be hitting me that because he was there for so long, but I think that's true. Well, actually, it's kind of the same thing that he was doing in Buffalo. I mean, he brought them up to a certain level, but I mean, it just, uh, I don't know. There's just something in his his coaching style that just doesn't get them beyond usually the first round of the playoffs. And so I think that at this point, he may have brought the stars as far as he possibly could. Uh, that you're probably right there. So I guess we hashed into that long enough and we want to go into the next story here. And then we're going to get into a couple of funny stories. Uh, the Redskins place the exclusive franchise tag on Kurt cousins. Now that's not a surprise, but what is a surprise them putting the exclusive franchise tag on him again. And this is hard to believe, but Kurt cousin last two years and this year coming up, for three years in a row, will be the highest-played football player of all time for three years in a row. Why? Because the front office doesn't want to admit and sign him to a longer-term contract. They were wrong in wanting to play RG3, and the coaching staff did want to play RG3 because Cousin was better. So just because the front office you know, has some issues... Uh, and I really think uh, this will be the last year he's got to have an extended the coach's contract. So I think this is going to be it. And just because they can't, you know, uh, admit they were wrong with RG3, they are way overpaying on Cousins. Well, and that's great because, you know, it's Dan Snyder who runs that team. And to say I hate the Redskins, uh, no, I absolutely hate the Redskins. They're they're a worthless team for me. And even <clears throat> still, what's amazing about that is they have a history of mortgaging their future. I think when George Allen took over that team back in the late 60s, uh, he had basically mortgaged all of their draft picks all the way up until 1985, I believe. That was when they were allowed to draft players again. That was how deep they were in. And you're right, with Dan Snyder, uh, he's su such an arrogant owner. And he's he needs to step away from the game and let the people who know what they're doing in the business run that team. Because now he's too deep into it. He's worse than Jerry Jones. Yeah, and uh, the, I'm not a Cowboy fan. I'm in the Dallas area. But one thing I do see the last, like, two, three years is Jerry actually stepping back from making decisions, a lot of decisions on the football. And you can actually see a lot of the improvements they're doing. Oh, no doubt about it. Their draft classes for the last two years have been phenomenal. I mean, look at the young players they have. Uh, I'm not a Dallas fan either, but boy, I got to tell you, they have a team built for at least the next five to seven years. Yep, and there, yes, uh, I think it all comes back to what I believe in is you always start with the offense and defensive line, and you go from there. Uh, after you get a good offense line, good defense line, you try to get a good quarterback, and you go from there. If you can have a good offense, a good, uh, good offensive line, a good defensive line, and an okay quarterback, you'll always be competitive. Well, one quick thing I want to kind of circle back on, and we don't have to beat this horse into the ground, but um, I think one of the things I wanted to bring up was the NFL this year and uh, the poor PR job they did all around. I mean, from um, the ref issues to the way they've handled uh, players' personal issues, the spousal abuse has been a pretty big problem for them. And in the end, the uh, the four-game suspension of Tom Brady, too, which is pretty incredulous given the fact that uh, it doesn't it doesn't add up in the NFL. And I think that they need to make some serious changes because this is also one of the years where they actually lost an audience this year. 
Yeah, and I'm not a New England or Brady fan, but what they got for that for real, no 100% punch you in the face proof did it. Now, everybody kind of know they did it. It's one of those things. I mean, they called the guy that used to deflate the ball the deflator. Come on. You know what he was doing. Everybody knew it, but there really was no proof that he did anything. And they lost a first-round pick, million-dollar fine, and their starting quarterback for game suspension. Uh, when I first heard the million-dollar fine in the draft pick, I said, okay, they're done. And the four-day suspension came down. I'm like, dang. You know, uh, way over punishment for really no proof. Well, and then when you're allowing players that have uh, a known history of uh, physical violence on spouses and then giving them one game, that's a huge disconnect in penalties. Yeah, when you get busted for pot and you get the same punishment as punching a woman in the face, there's something going on wrong there. Well, well, we'll see how this plays out in the next year because, I mean, I think that given the kind of year that they had this year, they kind of shot themselves in the foot too because, let's face it, you know, on some of the nationally televised games that New England was involved in, I mean, who wants to see the Arizona Cardinals take on a Brady-less New England team? I mean, uh, the Cardinals lost that game, but just the same. I think they lost a lot of fans in that too. Uh, yes, and... Since they're going to, uh, what, London this year like 400 times. I think they're playing 400 or 401 games here this year in London. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, they're playing there a lot. And you suspend these big players for these games. There's going to be some angry fans. Uh, they're going to Mexico again this year. Uh, there's going to be some angry fans if the big player isn't there you hit the nail right on the head it it's yeah with the refs there is absolutely no reason in today's age as much as they pay the refs they can't make it a full-time job none absolutely zero reasons they can't why is it because the union because they're all lawyers and executives and they do this on the side that is the only reason but i think their first step is if they would say hey uh, two years, three years, uh, it's going to be full-time, take or leave it. That's what we're going to do, and they'll fight, and they'll, the uh, union will probably lose because they'll just get paid off, so they'll get, a lot of people get retirement pay. But then anything bad happens, they can really say is, hey, you guys are full-time, doing the best they can. Now they have absolutely no course of action, you know, all the messed up calls saying, well, they tried, they're not full-time refs. You know, so the only thing they have to do is like a three-hour meeting on a Saturday. That should not be. Well, we'll keep an eye on it, and uh, I think we'll follow it closely for this upcoming year and, and see what happens. Exactly. Okay, we're going to get into two quick kind of funny humor stories, and then uh, we're going to get some other stuff. The first is the Colt defensive lineman David Perry was arrested. That's not a surprise. Uh, NFL player getting arrested is pretty commonplace. It's why he got arrested. <laughs> he <laughs> Now, this is all alleged. He hasn't been proven guilty. But uh, where he was, uh, he called like one of those little cab services, one of those little towns and resorts that come in golf carts. The guy came to pick him up. He basically threw the guy out of the cart, stole the golf cart, Went chasing away four miles an hour, stealing the golf cart. Down the road a little bit, the cops found him. He ran into a pole or something and was laying on the grass, passed out drunk. So he stole a golf cart. 
Well, I guess it's a little bit better than Michael Floyd, who is at a major intersection, way above the legal limit of uh, being drunk and then boxed in by five cop cars. Yeah, so, but I just thought that was a funny story. And uh, the last story we got for you in this one is The Cheating Runner. This one's funny. Uh, I want to make sure I get you uh, the name right. Uh, the name is Jane uh, So Say S E O So uh, was running down in a Florida half marathon. She ran, got done, and uh, took second place. Everything was done, it was fine, and she did really good. And a blogger was kind of curious, like, boy. Her second half of this half marathon was faster than her first half. What's going on? Well, when they took a picture of her, you know those little uh, sports watches you can wear that kind of maps and times your route out? Oh, yeah. The, yes, I've seen those. Yeah. Well, she had one of those on. So he downloaded the high-res picture they had, zoomed in and looked at her watch, and it found out she cheated. <laughs> the last half of the race, she kind of cut the course short. <laughs> so she got busted for keeping the watch on and displayed when they took the picture. Ah, that's amazing. You know, it's for around here, uh, it's probably almost as synonymous as our Rosie Ruiz, who ran the Boston Marathon, allegedly, and then was found. She took the green line all the way into Kenmore Square and then picked up the race from there. Yeah. <laughs> so I just thought those were uh, kind of, uh, those last two are kind of funny stories, some uh, uh, humorous kind of get to going in there. So, uh, yeah, so that's kind of the news stories. Uh, we're going to get into a little discussion here. Uh, today we're going to talk about... Uh, we're going to make our three bold NFL free agency picks today, and then we're going to talk a little about some NHL trades. So uh, do you want to go the first? If we go back and forth on the three, uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to? Uh, I'll have you lead off because actually I only have two with a speculative third. Okay, sounds good. My first one I talked about before, that Adrian Peterson, uh, first this morning, uh, my hot opinion was that the Vikings were going to cut Adrian Peterson. Well, the Vikings beat me to it. <laughs> so I'm going to change that to Adrian Peterson will sign with the Vikings. And I really think he's going to sign for uh, one year guaranteed, seven to nine million, and one or two more years added on club option where they can cut him and very, very minimal cap hit after that. And I think he'll do that so he can have a couple of year deal in case he wants to play longer. And uh and he might have one year to try to have a monster year to go someplace else. So my bold prediction, Adrian Peterson will re-sign with the Vikings. Well, for me, I think the first one is probably uh, something that I think a lot of folks have been talking about, and that's actually Romo uh, ending up in Denver, because uh, right now I think that he would be ultimately the perfect pick there for a couple of reasons. Uh, you've got two backup quarterbacks there, uh, or I feel they're backups. They're not quite starters yet, Simeon and Lynch. And I think ultimately if they could do one to two years with Romo uh, as sort of the placeholder, he still has the ability to throw, and let's face it, Denver is no stranger uh, to protecting fragile quarterbacks because they had Manning in his last years too. Um, and so I think that with that, 
they really have all the right pieces in place. In fact, they made some really good moves this year in terms of bolstering their coaching staff. So uh, I think Romo ends up in Denver. Funny you should say that. One of us is going to be for sure wrong because my second poll pick is Tome Romo with the, the Houston Texans. I really think he'll be headed down there. There's already rumblings I'm hearing that they're going to uh, cut what's-his-name and take a cap hit uh, and then or just sit him as a secondary. And uh, I think they really want a veteran presence because they got the defense in place. They need an offense that is a control-type offense, and they have a line that can protect, same as Denver, where they can uh, lie heavily. They got a good running back. So I think he will end up with the Texans. I like that call, actually. Um, wow, yeah. Well, I guess uh, following up on that, um, I know that one thing is for sure, that I don't think Latavius Murray will actually remain with the Raiders this year because uh, they have a couple of up-and-coming young, uh, young kids. And Murray is going to try the free agent market, but um, you know, if anybody bites on that, uh, I'd be hard-pressed to say who would ultimately win the Latavius Murray sweepstakes. But um, right now, I'm just going to say he's not going to be on the team next year. Okay, I, I can see that. I can really, really see that. Uh, one last thing on Texans. I think they will come in third in their conference without Romo, and I think they'll be Super Bowl contender with Romo. So I think Romo would have that big of an impact with them. Okay, now my third uh, uh, you know, bold prediction, and this isn't pro – I hate to say bold because this is almost like – um, you know, hitting the side of a barn, you know, with a rifle. It's going to be pretty easy. But the Browns will not sign a quarterback in free agency. They will draft a quarterback, and they will overdraft for that quarterback, start him too early, and he will be another bust. Um, if they were smart, they would just keep McCown for a year, get a young quarterback, sit him for a year and be good, but they'll throw him in there. And he'll stress out, and he'll never be the same. So the Browns are going to roll another donut on a quarterback. <laughs> That's truer than you know. Um, I think uh, the last one that I have is um, uh, Donta Hightower, uh, the linebacker for the Patriots. Um, we are talking about how Latavius Murray won't be with uh, the um, uh, Raiders. I don't see uh, Hightower signing back on with the Patriots. He got his ring, and much like Darrell Revis, he'll be up to the highest bidder. And I think in this kind of market, uh, there are a lot of defenses out there that could certainly use him. However, in a twist, I would not be surprised if Miami made a run for him because right now their defense is solid. I mean... I, I'm very hard-pressed to see another defense that is as young as they are and as fast. I think that uh, if he were to end up anywhere, I would be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Miami picked him up. Yeah, the, both uh, Miami and uh, Tampa Bay intrigue me. Um, they both have the potential to be very good teams, but they just kind of, eh. Um, and... and I think the perfect fit for Peterson. Now, I don't think he'll go there. The perfect fit for Peterson, I think, would be Tampa Bay. Uh, put Tampa Bay there. Boy, uh, Tampa Bay's instantly like, boy, 
you know, uh, so, but speaking of Miami, I really think uh, both uh, Miami and Tampa Bay intrigue me. They can be good. I mean, a good team, but they also can roll those donuts, you know, out there, and you're just like, boy, they light an egg this week. Well, I think one of the big things about Miami especially is that this year you look at their record and wrapping up the season, they won eight out of their last mm-hmm. ten. And if you look at the the teams they played, uh, the teams that they beat were the teams they should have. The teams they lost to were the ones, the only two out of those eight games that actually had winning records, and they were the ones that beat Miami. So uh, that still speaks volumes right now. Have you ever heard of the game Stratomatic? Oh, of course. Um, if you guys haven't heard it, it it's a got the two big ones are obviously baseball and football. The hockey one's fun too. Basically, it's it's almost like a board game that you need a lot of strategy. That's why they call that. But you roll dice for different things happening. Really big in the barracks when I was in the army. Uh, the the three big things I remember in the army played were the card game spades, stratomatic baseball or football. And then there was uh, Axis and Allies board game. Those were the three big ones in the barracks. But it was funny, soon we were talking about the Browns, it made me think about the Stratomatic. I was playing from one of the 2015 Browns. And um, I was playing, I forgot who I was playing, but I says, you know, I'll even take the Browns, which is a really bad team. And I went to kick a field goal, and I couldn't. Why? Because the longest field goal they had was 30 yards. So I couldn't kick it because it was like a 32-yard field goal. So I'm like, man, <laughs> this is going to be hard. Oh, what, did you, what was it? The, the guy that used to kick for uh, Dallas, wasn't it a guy named Bailey, who I think shanked at least seven that uh, last year? Uh, yeah, just like Minnesota's kicker uh, before they cut him, who's with Seattle now, uh, who actually – lost the game in the playoffs because he missed a field goal Sounds of Seattle. Kind of funny. But, yeah, so yeah, exactly. And I think uh, the longest pass to any receiver I could complete because if they – they use real stats in this game, if, you, if you're not aware of it. And if they've never had it, they had one receiver, and it was their wide receiver number two that had a 42-yard catch. Everything else was under 30 yards. So it was real hard playing them, but I lost obviously. Uh, but boy, <laughs> it it was kind of fun just because how limiting it was. Well, I got to tell you, one. I'm glad you actually brought that up because I had long forgotten that. I mean, I played, uh, I played Stratomatic baseball. Oh, holy smoke! Twenty, maybe thirty years ago, and you know, I have to say, for a car, for a bunch of, it's a combination of cards and dice. But I have to tell you, it has the most realistic outcome I've ever had. In fact, you know what? I'm totally going to buy uh, the latest uh, uh, baseball, and I'll look into football and hockey too. But uh, I'm I'm on board with baseball. I gotta I gotta pick that game up. Yeah, baseball. I think of all the Stratomatics is the best. Now, if you like that. Uh, they started last year, two years ago, Stratomatic Online, where it's a free and a pay. I just did the free one. It's a, it's like small league, small team, uh, like 15, 20 games, not many games. But it's just like that, but it's online, and you use real players' stats during the games. So it's almost like fantasy slash Stratomatic. Uh, you draft your team, and you, know, you can, because you have a salary, you can pick – you know, going more pitching. When I did mine um, last year, um, it was so fun. I'm thinking about paying the like ten dollars for a 
real team, you know, for all 162 games. But they, uh, I really went for pitching. Um, a little over half of my money was pitching, and my bats were okay. But uh, I was in every game, and I came in second. Why? Pitching wins, and that's what it was. So, yeah, check Stratomatic online out. That's kind of fun, too. But, yeah, if you guys never check Stratomatic out, check it out. It is a fun game to play. I'm totally on board with that. Oh, throwing this out there, too. Maybe it's something we can think about, too. Maybe our um, our fans are, are interested in maybe a, a fantasy league, um, if you have the time or I have the time. Uh, something to consider. Exactly. I'm all for that. And it's pretty quick. we got a few weeks. But if anybody's interested in getting into, we'll just do a, a even an ESPN or a Yahoo or so. I know Yahoo's getting some pretty bad rap lately about usernames but if you guys want to get into a fantasy baseball this year uh as long as we can get eight people together we'll have a draft and everything so email me and let us know we'll do that but we'll definitely get uh a football one up this fall for a fantasy football that's a good idea throw that in now so email me if you uh tracy at podness.com if you want to join uh the baseball league and if we get at least eight players uh, i think we'll kick that going so with us two we'll need six more so just let me know Come on, sign up. You know you want to. Exactly. So uh, the next thing we're going to talk about real quick, and we'll make this real, 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 real quick because uh, we're going a little long here today. A uh, couple trades, I think, that were good so far in the NHL. Um, or should we leave this as a teaser for next week? No, actually, we've committed. Why not? Um, we, okay. Yeah, we have nothing to lose here. We'll do that then. Uh, I'm going to go through my three. I got three of them real quick. Um and the first one doesn't look like a big one, but here's why. Um, Jordy Ben from the Stars was traded to the Habs uh, for Greg Patterson. If you look at that, uh, the Habs are getting a good defensive player that can score. Uh, the Stars are getting Patterson, who, eh, Stars are dumping a lot of salary. He's got two more years. And I think they he was one they overpaid a little bit because older brother of Jamie wanted a mayor. Uh, so they were paid a little bit. The Habs are picking that up. They free some cap space up so they can start re-signing some of their young defensive players. Cause right now, but they were so defensive shy about three, four years ago. They just really went after young defensive people in trades and draft. They're all coming up now. So they really need to start getting some room for that. So they dump that the Habs pick up, uh, Jordy Ben that will really give them some of that experience for their younger team, uh, and for their push and their playoffs push. And, uh, uh, Greg Patterson, pa- Patterson, sorry, is nothing to shy at. Good, solid defensive player. Not quite up there with uh, Jordy Ben, but good, solid player. My next one is uh, the Maple Leafs. They get Brian Doyle, and the Lightning get Byron uh, Freeze. Uh, the Leafs are very young. Matter of fact, if they make the playoffs, and they should, unless they totally collapse, will be the youngest team pretty much ever making it to the playoffs. They're yet that young. So uh, Boyle gives them some of that experience and the, uh, that they need. They really, really do. Uh, and the, the Lightning uh, get uh, three... Uh, uh, do they get three? No, they get experience. Yeah, uh, Tampa Bay, uh, they're a little bit young, but 
they pick up a, basically they pick up a person player and I forgot who that was, but they also get another second round pick. So now Tampa Bay, this, this draft coming up have three second round picks, which is a lot. And they can use those to maybe jump up to get another number one pick. So second rounds are quite valuable in the NHL. Yeah, believe it or not, because, uh, most, players come from the second or third round that actually make it they don't jump right to the nhl so very valuable that can make the uh the lightning a very deep team very quick and the last trade i think was pretty good and another win-win is uh arizona uh or the wild pickup uh martin hansel from arizona uh arizona overpaid for hansel uh, they know they overpaid, so they're dumping that salary. Minnesota picks it up. They had a little room. And Arizona gets three draft picks, a first round uh, this year, a second next, and a conditional one, which will probably, since some really weird stuff happens with the Wild, and they do really good, probably the next year we'll get a second. So the next three years are getting a draft pick. So those are three that I think are win-win for both teams. Well, actually, it's funny you mentioned uh, the uh, Brian Boyle one because uh, actually that was my first, I think, impactful trade too. Uh, I'm a little surprised that Tampa Bay is actually cleaning house uh, at the level that they are because, um, you know, let's last year they went very deep in the playoffs and this year I have no idea what happened, but the bottom completely fell out of the team. But uh, the Leafs, they are they're built for the future. They're a frightening, frightening team. In fact, 20 games into the season this year, uh, I looked at the team stats, and they actually already had six players in double-digit scoring, and that was just... I knew that this year would be something special for them. The only team that I think has outdone them is actually Edmonton, but uh, right now... Uh, Boyle ending up on the Leafs, it gives them the physical toughness that they need. Uh, so I think that's that's really a good pick for them. Uh, scrolling down, actually, let me find the other two that I had listed here. Oh yeah, of course, and uh, and I didn't want to forget Ben Bishop going out to Los Angeles. Uh, in fact. Uh, it was kind of interesting because uh, I know that L.A. had been struggling with their um, their goaltenders because they were suffering. Well, actually, it was it's been an injury plagued season for uh, Quick, and uh, uh, when he went down, I really I didn't give them much hope. But they're clawing. I think Ben Bishop is a good fix for him. He'll probably be able to stay in the league an extra two or three more years because of this move. So I think that was very very good for them. Um, and, uh, I guess the last rounding out part of it is that, uh, I think overall for this particular, um, trading season, I think that in the end, Montreal actually was probably a big winner in this too, because not only did they end up picking up, up uh, what I think is a world-class coach in Claude Julian, uh, the Bruins made a colossal mistake in getting rid of him. I know the Bruins right now are seven in one under, uh, Cassidy, um, if they're successful further on, yeah, I don't see Stanley Cup from this current team right now. So uh, I, I'll i just have to wait and see how this plays out. But uh, in the end, I think Montreal is truly the big winner in all of this. So uh, we'll see once the playoffs begin. 
Yeah, um, hockey, if you guys aren't aware, unlike any other sport, if you trade manager in the middle of the season, it seems like you always get a bump for five to 12 games. Then you got to see how it goes after that. So, yeah, that really kind of surprised me with Boston, too. I'm going to give one honorable mention trade. And basically, uh, for the Ducks, uh, and it's not just because of the Stars, they picked up Patrick Eves, um, which and how good the Ducks are playing now, that's almost scary, you know, getting Eves on that team, too. And Stars pick up a second round. Now, if... uh, Eves plays, uh, like, what does it say? Oh, so many playoff games or something like that. Uh, it turns into a first round. So it could be very valuable for the Stars. Uh, if it's a second round, it's Ducks got the better end of that trade. But if it does turn into a first round, it's kind of a wash. But, boy, if, if you're in, as hot as the Ducks are playing, Eves gets there and really gets into the system, they just got tougher. So, it, yeah, that was... Pretty good on the duck side right there. I think that was a no-brainer for the Ducks. It, it, even if it turns into a first round, it's just a wash trade. But if it doesn't, I benefited them. Well, and Eves is not having a slouch of a season either. I mean, he's 40 points into 60 games. So that's a, that's a good line. I, I wish uh, we had more Bruins that are scoring 40 points at this point. Yeah, and as stacked as the Stars are at the forwards positions, uh it it's not you know uh losing a top six isn't critical with the stars right now um i really think what the stars miss now uh believe it or not uh is Vern fiddler i really do he played the third line center just gritty just worked everything in the corner yeah you needed somebody to come in to slow the pace of the game down and just stall the other team while you kept his line out there you almost turned into uh, the number two line and put his line out there uh, and Vern filler matter of fact was just traded in uh he went to New Jersey and I think he went to was it Nashville and really New Jersey got nothing so so that's kind of nice for Vern fiddler and if you don't know Vern fiddler Find him and watch a game. He is a fun person to watch. Well, and that I think is also another part of it, too. Uh, For a lot of folks who um, have never been exposed to hockey as much, I would suggest you go to a live game. TV is one thing, but you have to be at the live event, the real thing, even a minor league game. Uh, I happen to live in a college town, so if you see any of the college rivalries, it's probably the most exciting thing you will watch. Yeah, matter of fact, college hockey is my favorite hockey to watch. I, I, if I have a chance on TV to watch a college hockey game or an NHL, I watch college. Yes, I, I can attest to that. In fact, a colleague of mine once introduced me to another uh, co-worker, and he said uh, he's a big BU fan, and he's a painter. And I go, what does that mean? He apparently paints his body and goes to these games, so there's a frightening thought. <laughs> yeah. Matter of fact, speaking of college hockey, uh, my second cousin uh, is actually in the Hall of Fame for hockey. And the reason I bring that up is most people that are into college hockey know about UND, University of North Dakota. Uh, now they're the Hawks, but they used to be the Fighting Sioux. Um, they're always in the tournament every year. They won last year. Seems like they're fighting for a spot every year. He actually built the team from the ground up. He played for the Blackhawks and his name was Cliff Fido Perper. So guess what he did with the Hawks? Let me know. <laughs> yeah. So no, with his name, Cliff Fido Perper, guess what his main role was for the Blackhawks? He was a fighter. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, then he, he basically built up. Matter of fact, uh, it's closed now, but it used to be Purper Stadium up in UND. And if you knew that, that was from him. So, yeah, it, it, the hockey's in the family. So, yeah. So, but yeah, if, if, like you said, go to a minor league game. Uh, go to a college. Please try to get to a college games. Uh, uh, Bruce is right. It, it's college games are awesome. I have, I have no other way to describe it. Uh, when, even though the NHL playoffs are great, even if you're not a big hockey person, start watching in the playoffs. For some reason, I think playoff hockey playoffs is the best playoff of any sport. I'm not just saying that because I'm a huge hockey person. The games just seem to get more just just more intense and everything goes up a tier for some reason so start watching that and especially the college hockey playoffs it is just great all right well i'm pretty much tapped out for now how about you that's it i'm ready i want to thank bruce for uh, coming on to uh, help me do this show here again if you want to contact us just email tracy at podnos.com and if it's for bruce i'll send it over to him uh if you guys want to join us in uh, baseball uh, fantasy this year let me know and we'll get that rolling up thank you everybody for listening i appreciate everybody thanks for taking your time out of your busy day and listening to this show everybody have a good day and good week nice <laughs> <laughs>